0: deliver his first state of the union address tomorrow so if you want to know how the country is doing the state of the union is being delivered by donald trump mm-hmm. all
1: right and every, everybody hates him i everybody i know hates him so everybody hates him ah
2: except for the half of the country that doesn't yeah. all right well they don't care about you you people um president trump's guest list you want to hear some of that sure
1: Oh, you know what? That's uh, Sarah's number one point. Sarah Westwood. Okay, Westwood. How well, will he I, highlight his guest? Let her
2: handle it then. All right. I have to. I have, I have bad news to break to Sarah.
1: So. Oh. Oh my. Okay. Uh, Sarah Westwood, the White House correspondent for the Washington Examiner, joins us. Hello, Sarah. How are you?
3: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
1: Here,
2: here's my bad news, Sarah. I think the State of the Union address is stupid. Oh, now. and gets way too much freaking attention. Oh my. But oh, my. Uh, but we're interested in listening to you anyhow. Wow.
1: Oh, thanks. He, he's so Sarah <laughs> you have to understand he's a bad American yeah. and a questionable human being. It's just it's just so overrated I as is important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. So listen, I all oh, I just like it as an exercise. It, it you know, the policies that get laid out don't happen much. But I just I think it's kind of an well, it's an exercise. It's a it's a dance. So what should we expect from the dance?
3: Well, you're right. The pomp and circumstance sort of is a callback to an earlier era before the constant saturation of media and everybody's face all the time. But for a lot of Americans, this will be one of their only opportunities of the whole year to tune into President Trump directly and hear from him without the filter of cable news and late night comedy shows for people who are disengaged from the political process on a day-to-day basis, this is still a big moment for president Trump to command their attention. You can expect him to take a victory lap on the economy uh, for the portions of his audience who aren't hearing every day, him talk about the tax cuts and stock market rally and wage growth. You can also expect him to talk a little bit about the plans he has for his legislative agenda this year, namely infrastructure and immigration and sort of Peter. Rosy picture of how capable Congress might actually be of passing either of those things, as we both know, it's it's probably not (laughs) very capable of getting to it in an election year. I see one really lay out a roadmap for 2018.
2: I see one of his guests is an Ohio welder, great idea, who will benefit from his tax overhaul plan, so he gets to make make the point. And man, he can he can list a whole bunch of companies, and I hope whoever's writing his speech does that are uh, you know raising wages or throwing out bonuses or whatever. Because of the uh, the tax plan, I hope he
1: likes that. Uh, you know, and Sarah, just real quickly, it occurs to me. I'm not sure how many people generally watch the State of the Union address. Can somebody find that number for us? Um, because it's funny, Trump is the opposite of Barack Obama in that Obama's policies polled terribly. But personally, he was very popular because he was a really charming guy. Um, And and Trump, is uh, his approval ratings are very, very low, given the high ratings for many of his policies. Consumer confidence? Well, right, and the economy in general. It's uh, the economy stupid and medium stupid and smart people. Um, So I I think you're right. I think he highlighted a really good point. It will be uh, an opportunity for him to say, hey, look, in effect, maybe you don't love me, but things are going really well.
3: Exactly. This is the time to put the focus on the policies and not on his personality, because even though he'll be the messenger, it won't be classic Trump. We won't be having President Trump make side comments about nfl protests. we think calling anyone in the gallery we
2: think he's not going to do do? that he's he's always got the ability to confidence
3: you're right yeah he's
2: always got the ability to go off script and step on his own tie if you will i see
1: crying (laughs) chuck schumer out there crying chuck how you doing you crying anyway back to the script it could happen
3: It could happen. It could. But if we are using his address to a joint session of Congress from last year as any kind of indication of how the speech will go, it'll likely be a buttoned-down, disciplined speech where President Trump has the opportunity to keep the spotlight on his message rather than his style of delivery. I think the White House has probably counseled him very strongly against going off script knowing that if he does make some kind of quip, um, of any kind, that'll be the soundbite that the news outlets and networks run with the next day, and don't oh, yeah. completely overshadow the oh, message.
2: If I'm anti-Trump, I bait him somehow. You shout out a "you lie" or something like that to Trump. He doesn't oh. just keep soldiering on. Wow, he's gonna come you. are a terrible come you. American. we we can't uh, we can't have that. Well, it's it's it's, it's just... I'd, I'd be against that. I'm just right. saying, if I was anti-Trump, that's what I'd do. I'd bait him into saying something. Bomb
1: chucker. Sarah Westwood, the white House I'm sorry, Sarah Sarah Westwood, the White House uh, correspondent for the Washington Examiners online. go ahead, what were you saying
3: I'm just saying it's not it's It's not hard to imagine a Democrat heckling him in the middle of his speech if back if back in the day when there was a modicum of decorum to these things. we did have congressman Joe Wilson shout, "You lie at President Obama, so you can imagine in this day and age it wouldn't be hard to envision Democrats um trying to heckle him in some way to do exactly what you said, bait him into some kind of response that can overshadow his message.
1: By the way, Modicum of Decorum is my very inoffensive third album. It's coming out next week <laughs> in time for the Grammys next year. It's, you know, it's very mellow. Yeah, exactly. It's Well, it's decorous. So, uh, listen, Sarah, you, you make such a good point, though, that back in the, you lie! I mean, that was so out of bounds. That was so beyond the pale. Now it's like, maybe right over there next to the pale. I mean, it's it would not be that crazy. Nancy Pelosi has been saying some insane things lately. I wonder. About America, make America white
2: again and all that stuff. Yeah. Hey, what do we know about the writing of the speech? Uh, who's writing it? How much of a, a hand does Trump have in that? Any?
3: Well, the White House it obviously says the process starts and ends with President Trump, but they do um, emphasize that it's been a group effort. Stephen Miller likely had a very large role in crafting the speech but there president trump has a multi-member speech writing team and presumably of everyone who's senior in the white i hired the best writers james
2: patterson john grisham all writing my speech yeah right
3: (laughs) right well you know Stephen miller has had been increasingly visible lately with the immigration fights so the White House wasn't keen on confirming how large a role he had in writing this speech, but presumably, like all other major speeches for President Trump, it was a big role.
2: Do you ever come on the show and then get off the phone and think, how are these guys on in so many markets?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe I will today. <laughs>
1: you know, Stephen Miller, when I was young, I was so grateful that I held on to my hair. I, hey, Sarah, we've never met, but I have a thick shock of hair. It's like the belt of a bear um, in spite of my uh, middle age. Uh, Stephen Miller's has got the premature bald thing. I think it gives him gravitas. Oh,
2: absolutely. If he had a full head of hair as a 30-year-old, he'd, he'd look way too young. Yeah, I think that's part of his, his success. Sarah that's Westwood, some good
1: analysis right there. Thank you. If the Washington Examiner is on the oh, there's more where that came from. I think
2: the fact that he, so he's got um, the parents of a couple of Long Island teenagers who were killed by MS-13 gang members. Ooh, he yeah. could come pretty hard on his immigration stuff there. Is that what we're expecting?
3: Right. Everyone in the box will probably get some kind of shout-out. Remember in his address to a joint session of Congress last year, probably the most moving moment came when he... Referred to the war widow who was sitting in the first lady's box. She had just lost her husband in a raid in Yemen. Yeah, that was was a really powerful moment. And Mm -hmm. so that's probably the kind of moment the White House is trying to create in this speech. That's the whole argument in favor of his immigration reform plan. Democrats would say it's white supremacy or bigotry or whatever that's driving their desire to limit. Legal immigration, but and as well as crack down on illegal immigration. But the White House's argument has always been that it endangers Americans to have lax immigration laws. So you'll likely see him articulate that.
1: And I, and I do not think it would be difficult at all to craft a few really, really persuasive sentences that make it clear the good people are fine, we'll work with them, the bad people, we've got to get them out. And please don't cry racism when we try to get rid of MS 13. I believe that message could be delivered pretty effectively, and Sarah, to follow up on a uh, question I posed to the staff earlier, it could be delivered effectively to tens of millions of people. Now, the last several years of the Obama administration, the numbers of viewers was in the low 30 millions, 31 to 33 million. Does last that year
2: everything, though? I wonder.
1: Because there's a the, lot of ways to watch the State of Union address. Do you want to hear about Sean's methodology? I'm not sure we have the no, time, but we can no, follow I up on it. Uh, but 30, low 30 millions, last year it was 47 million. Now, it's going to be lower this year. Sure. Because the uh, the novelty of Trump has worn off somewhat, but it, it is an excellent opportunity to communicate with a hell of a lot of people. And keep in mind, this is not like you know the Grammys or the Super Bowl. These people, I, I would imagine, not as are much over- singing or football. <laughs> yes, that's what I was driving at. No, that uh, these people are much much more likely to be likely voters. Among those millions oh, of people that's true yeah all right uh, Sarah Westwood Sarah we know you have a long day ahead of you we sure appreciate the time you uh, you gave us it's great to talk thanks thank you we'll talk soon
2: yeah I, I wonder uh, how many people actually watch it because it's on every channel uh, and then the number of people that take it in through some sort of online thing that might not get counted it'd be it'd be a chunk of people
1: and then t- see chunks of it later in the mm-hmm. in the echo chamber yeah. Yeah. Well, I suspect that, you know, the Trump effect remains in effect and uh, the cable news is whipping up everything about politics so much. I'll bet it's, I'll bet 40, it's close to 40 million.
2: 47 million last year. That's a yeah. big
1: audience. Yeah, it's tremendous.
2: And he did such a good job. And then he had the uh, the tweet about Obama tapping his phone on the the Saturday afterwards. And then that was the end of the State of Union address talk. So. Right, right. We shall see. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I'm against this. I want decorum. I don't want to completely break down. Although it seems to work in Parliament. Um, Does it? But if I'm a Democrat. Fading Empire. Hashtag fading empire. If I'm Democrat. Hashtag tally ho. (laughs) I choose some House member in a safe seat and say, scream something ding the immigration stuff and bait him because there's no way he could let it lay. Lie. Lie down. Leave it alone.
1: (laughs) You lie. You lay. (laughs) (laughs) And why I believe women getting the vote is to blame for all the attention of the State of the Union Address. Oh, really? It's way blown out of proportion. (laughs) It's an interesting
2: angle. I do have the TV shows that we have in common and don't have in common among conservatives and liberals, which is kind of funny. Yeah, super, great. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The Voice of the West.
2: yesterday. Yeah, it came within five feet? That's pretty close. Yikes! Imagine what that looks like in the plane, to have another plane five feet from your wing. That's got
1: to be frightening. Unless you're in the Blue Angels and you've trained for years and years and years. Yeah, it's crazy. And plus, a Canadian serial killer story. It's amazing. And uh, I don't even know how to tease this other story. It's amazing. It's a, another example of bureaucracies all bureaucracies will twist what you ask them to do and begin serving themselves. Seriously, trust a guy in a windowless van offering you candy before you trust a bureaucracy. Wow. You heard me. That's a strong statement. So here's my nutty theory. And this is this is with all due love to womankind. I do not want a world that's all conservative or all liberal or all one. I think we all balance each other. I think it's it's fabulous. Like the flavors of a yummy stew. I don't want, like, men and women together, the way we see the world, the differences, the similarities. It's beautiful. It's God's plan. I like it. It's super. But there are some aspects of things that are too guy-y, and they really need a woman's touch. Meanwhile, you women's, I'm asking you to take a step back on certain things. You've heard my screed many times about Little League Baseball, how women have ruined Little League Baseball because women like two things. They like ceremonies and... And they like fancy clothes. So now you've got these interminable, like, opening day festivities where all these little six-year-olds are in their full baseball uniforms (laughs) when there's no reason a six-year-old should be wearing a full uni. Hell, they shouldn't even be playing baseball. It's too hard a game. They should be in their backyard playing catch with their mom or their dad or the brother or the sister. Anyway, And it drove a lot of the trophies uh, because you have a a pageant sort of thing. Right, exactly. The trophies for everyone. That is entirely a woman thing. Entirely a woman thing. Weddings for hundreds of years, thousands of years. You go down to the Justice of Peace. If you're a churchgoer, you go to the church. Then everybody has a little potluck in a basement. Everybody goes about their business. It costs you like 25 bucks for the the priest, the the minister, just as a courtesy, right? Now it's a $50,000 fairy tale reenactment of Charles and Diana. I mean, that's that's that. (laughs) Women, please. You think dudes push that? What would weddings look like if it were up
2: to guys, straight guys? Mostly a drive-thru. <laughs> yeah, more, a pretty much Pretty much. You'd, you'd have a number of people say, how about we just uh, we can just fill out the stuff online? And then let's we, have a party. We'll go out to eat or we'll go on a vacation or something. Right, but,
1: and then let's go to a hotel room and, you know, uh, you know, well, you know. Right, exactly. But again, maybe a balance is appropriate. But I think the women have gotten too much power. Likewise, the State of the Union address. It's entirely about the love of ceremony. For 150 years, the president just scrawled out, State of the Union is pretty decent. Pretty decent, although out west, I don't know. A lot of Indians signed the (laughs) president, you know. And then some signed Grover Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) Then sometime said that somebody decided, hey, probably ought to show up and read it. How that'd be exciting. And now it's just this big giant. It's like a wedding. It takes all day. You got to put on hard shoes. (laughs) You're gonna miss a football game and or you know your chance to mow the lawn yard. And I don't know. Let's go back to the bare minimum. Huh? Absolutely. Where do I sign? Yeah. Yeah, I know. So uh, coming up, uh, bureaucracies and the way they pervert everything. Unless you want it now. What, what else did we say we were going to do here? I don't know. I don't know either. Steph Curry, the best shooter in the history of the NBA,
2: statistically, mm-hmm. is having his best season ever. No! No! How about
1: that? Statistically, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's all I got on that, but I thought it was interesting. Well, yeah, it's amazing. The best get bester, mm-hmm. I guess. So uh, how much time do we have? I don't want to give this short shrift. I want to give a good, long shrift. Uh, I actually am buying an argument about cultural appropriation, believe oh, it or not. Oh, really? I would like to hear that. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the dumbest things that's ever been invented. Oh, it, it usually is. It's usually super stupid. But there are occasionally good examples of it where, where I get the idea. Uh Canadian serial killer, I want to hold off on that. I tell you, I'll give you this. This is kind of serious, but how are things going in Afghanistan? Oh, huh? boy, not yeah. good. No,
2: they're not. They're really, really not. I wonder if that will be mentioned tonight. Um, remember, we went through a couple of State of the Union addresses with no mention of the war while we were at war, and there was a lot of tension made of that, and Obama bashers bashed Obama. And But uh, I wonder if there will be any mention of Afghanistan tonight.
1: Well, there is real progress being made in the same way that in a boring football game where the teams just play between the 30-yard lines, they make progress toward the other team's 30-yard line before they cough up the ball, et cetera. Et cetera. in my opinion and the opinion of a lot of other people. But I was uh, I was listening to an interview earlier today about this I don't bloke. see how anybody can say that.
2: I don't care if there's... Tiny progress being made short term. If you look at the long term project over 17 years, it's done nothing but backwards long term. So, so any 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 howling about progress just seems ridiculous to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so you've got this inspector general bloke whose job is to make sure that taxpayer money is being used productively in Afghanistan, and he's making some of the media rounds recently. Uh, and it's funny I can't find his name. It doesn't really matter. You'll forget it as soon as I say it anyway. But um, the Pentagon has classified a bunch of information that until, I think he said two quarters ago, six months ago, was not classified, such as how many Afghan soldiers have we trained? How many have fled? How many have quit? How many have gone over to the other side? How many policemen do we have? How's that training going? How many do we have in training, etc. All of a sudden, that information is classified, and he can't talk about it. And uh, meanwhile, uh, the uh, Congress has off- uh, authorized that Afghan forces receive almost $5 billion of your money this fiscal year, and we don't get to hear how it's going anymore. I don't like that. No, indeedy. That is not good. You know you know what's funny about this, and I know you've said this many times. I think if you were honest and level with the American people and said, listen, we need to keep these people at a stalemate and keep Afghanistan from going the wrong way. We're never gonna get it to go the right way. But we gotta hold off the barbarians. I think people would think, wow, it's that important, okay. You know, or if you said, yeah, these these yuck yucks, we can't train them for squat, which is why we got to keep our own people there. But we can't let it fall to the Taliban. People would
0: buy that. I don't get the dishonesty. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? we got the dams planning protests at tonight's State of the Union, and the director the CIA echoing security warnings sounded by one Joe Getty for years now. Finally. Coming up, minutes from now, Armstrong <laughs> and Getty. My words have been heated. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Kenya is going to do that experiment with a basic income. You're guaranteed a minimum income to, to live on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. An intriguing idea. One of my libertarian heroes, Charles Murray in the United States, has been advocating that for a while as a way to deal with poverty. We'll check in on that after it's been up and running for a while and see how it's going. It's pretty damned interesting.
1: I'm not sure I'm willing to say it's a better idea than it sounds. It's not as bad an idea as it sounds. Right. Yeah, not as obviously
2: bad an idea as it sounds. Right,
1: right. It eliminates a
2: lot of sins even as it commits one. Uh, Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well,
0: President Trump is going to be delivering the State of the Union tonight, 6 p.m. West Coast. you got some Democrats boycotting the speech. A number of female Democratic lawmakers th- are going to th-
2: Those sorts of gestures just make my
1: hiney tired No, that's pathetic, no kidding
0: A number of female Democratic lawmakers are going to follow the lead of celebrities at the Golden Globe Awards And wear black in solidarity with the Me Too movement And some of the Democrats have invited dozens of dreamers Who were brought to the U.S. illegally as children to. Everybody
1: sit dreams, Marshall
0: To sit in the House gallery
1: Fantastic
0: DACA right? recipients, deferred action How long are we going to defer it? That's the question Heard this last night on the BBC. CIA Director Mike Pompeo echoing the warnings of one Joe Getty that Chinese efforts to exert covert influence over the West are just as concerning as Russian subversion. Finally, Pompeo telling...
1: you could refer to me as National Security Advisor Joe Getty in the future, I'd appreciate it, Marshall. Pompeo
0: telling the British broadcaster... We talk a lot about Russia influence here these days. Uh, the Chinese are very active. And we, we welcome them. They are, they are an important part of the
1: American fabric. Uh, but we can watch very focused efforts to steal American information, to infiltrate the United States with, with spies, with people who are going to work on behalf of the Chinese government against America. We see it in our schools. We see it in our uh, hospitals and medical
0: systems. We see it throughout uh, corporate uh, America.
2: That's a uh, that's from the BBC. That is. That's Interview a, they did with him. That's a pretty sexy story. If you uh, if you want more info, I would just Google "sexy BBC" mm. and uh, mm. see what you come up with.
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> Be sure to do that on your work computer. <laughs> yeah. National
0: Adv- Security Advisor Joe Getty advises against doing that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I find this very interesting because I, I heard it last night and went, "Wow, okay." And so far, though, all I've heard on American newscasts has been Pompeo's expectation. That Russia will try to influence this year's midterm elections. Wow. No mention no wow. mention of China yeah. or, or the Chinese
1: that, threat. That just shows you that the members of our nation's mainstream media are obsessed with anti-Trumpism to the point where if a story that... That's a huge story. Huge that the head of the CIA is calling out the Chinese yep. that directly.
2: It is a huge China. story. If you want more info, Google huge oh, BBC. Oh I think you'll find <laughs> that should, story. boy. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, my friends. It turns out pizza is a healthier breakfast than most cereals. San Diego Union-Tribune reporting that pizzas have protein, they got carbs, maybe even some vegetables, and a shot of cheese. Right? Cheese, thought to be the next superfood, the <laughs> wonder food. Cheese shot. You can get me on board. I love cheese. Oh, yeah. I can eat cheese. I can eat nothing but cheese. Pizza comes out ahead of cereal because most cereal is nutritionally bleak. Rarely any protein, rarely any healthy fats, a lot of sugar in many brands. Nutritionally bleak. Yeah. Yeah. Dietitians point out your average slice of pizza has about as many calories as a bowl of cereal with whole milk, so you don't have to worry about that. Pizza packs a much larger protein punch, which will keep you full throughout the morning. Maybe I'll
2: pour my kids a bowl of cheese this Saturday morning <laughs> with milk and see if they eat that. Yeah, the cheese, like it. and stuff you're eating is nutritionally vacant, or whatever you said. Yes. Um, God, my wife made a frozen pizza last night she oh. got it at the grocery store. It was just awful. Really? You wouldn't think you could oh. make a frozen pizza that bad. Wow. I don't know what brand it was, but
1: just Cardboard-y, oh my God! Huh? It
2: reminded me a third grade cafeteria. Oh, oh pizza. God!
1: You made half the audience ratchet. I said, "What did you pay for this? <laughs> let's
2: let's go ahead and uh, pay you know at least two more dollars." I'm a man <laughs> of means, honey.
0: <laughs> yeah, Sell one of those goats. <laughs> Buy a different a decent pizza. One last note: Tom Hanks is saying, "Won't you be my neighbor?" In his newest role, the 61 uh, year old actor is going to be stepping into Mister Rogers' shoes in his upcoming biopic called "You Are My Friend." Sony's announced the uh, film will follow the budding friendship between a cynical journalist, Tom Genode and Fred Rogers. Film production's going to start this fall. So, hmm. Tom Hanks is Mr. Rogers. Woody from Toy Story is playing Mr. Rogers, and my inner child is beaming with smiles. There you go. There you mm, go. Interesting. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, The Voice of the West. They need to stop making movies. <laughs> there have been enough already. <laughs> There's
2: plenty of movies out there. Yeah. Rewatch some
1: some of the ones you like. Keep showing the old ones. There's <laughs> tens of thousands of them.
2: Uh, so the CIA director has a big story about uh, our elections being uh, interrupted by the Russians and Chinese, and it's hardly getting any attention. Well, in our society. Our whole society, right? Yeah, every moment. America is lousy with Chinese spies.
1: I've been trying to tell you that for years.
2: I wonder how long it'll take us to catch on to the way we're being manipulated in our crazy, crazy lust for information. I think this is going to be one of the big stories of the next year or two. I think we'll probably be talking about it here. Or, uh, you yeah, know, or generations. So we got a lot more on the way. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: China!
3: Armstrong and Getty. The
1: Voice of the West.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show. What's up?
2: I saw this list of TV shows that conservatives and liberals watch separately and together. It's kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, well, uh, you can unleash that if you want. we have coming up. Never, ever trust a bureaucracy. What was that? Bureaucracy. Plus, the fabulous Matt Zapotosky of the Washington Post coming up to talk about the top-secret memo that the Republicans want to release. The Democrats are aghast. What does it say? What does it say about the FBI, national security, etc.? We'll talk to Matt about that. I'll just give
2: you an overview here, which is kind of interesting. Um, You had a screed about uh, the Grammys. Maybe you can fit that into our TV discussion. Mm. The ratings, it turns out, were down 30%. Uh, a lot of people guessing as to why. A couple of different articles do say, it's possible the political nature of award shows has turned some people off. You D- think? You think? Yeah. Um, I'll just give you an overview rather than go through the shows uh, specifically um, because it's a long list and I hadn't heard of most of them, but conservatives tend to favor tv shows with traditional notions of heroism and bravery which revolve around the military or rescue workers Mm. liberals enjoy more diverse casts and seem to center around modern life and urban settings
1: well that makes sense i guess it does it's It's
2: not surprising liberals like shows like blackish which i've seen before and did like conservatives like shows like lethal weapon which i guess is a like cop drama sort of thingy? It's a remake of the movie by the same name. But yeah, cop, cop drama. Slight gotcha. comedy in there, too. But what TV shows do both liberals and conservatives watch?
1: Hmm. For whatever reason. Diverse uh, gangs of firefighters uh, saving uh, diverse gangs of victims. I in, guess. in urban settings. Exactly. Um, in, in war zones. Urban war zones. Liberals and conservatives
2: like Star Trek Discovery for some reason? Both watch that. Which one's that?
1: There are too many Star
2: Trek's. Liberals and and conservatives watch The Orville, which has got Seth MacFarlane in it. Oh, really? That's his Star Trek parody. So those are very
1: similar. How is that? Uh, Is it it it? a parody? Uh, Kind of. Kind of. I just think he's always wanted to be on Star Trek. Yes. So he made his own. And he's got the power to pull it off. I, I enjoyed it. I watched a couple episodes, found it thoroughly enjoyable, then stopped watching. Just, you know.
2: Here's your number one show that both liberals and conservatives can watch. See, if you got, you got, you got friends of the opposite political stripe, you can talk to them about dancing with the stars. Oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> Everyone loves dancing. Who doesn't like D list celebrities dancing around and then Urgh. we judge them? So there you go. And they have five seasons per year, After <laughs> their 40th season come up. Getting to think cha has never even Cha-Cha'd before. <laughs> mm. And Caitlyn mm. Jenner is expected to be in the next season of Dancing oh, with the that Stars. That is so be exciting. It, it is.
1: Right. Oh, God. So, uh, <laughs> has Dennis Rodman danced with the Stars yet? Ah, uh, yeah. He's, he's way so. overdue, isn't yeah,
2: he? I think he did that years ago. Okay. Uh, somebody texted this. What would happen if Trump had ICE agents at the State of the Union speech arrest the DACA people that the uh, Democrats brought in. <laughs> now that would be a firestorm of controversy. That's
1: provocative.
2: I would like everybody to look toward the back of the building as ICE agents are coming in to arrest the people just introduced by Cry and Chuck Schumer. Cry and Chuck C R Y
1: N <laughs> apostrophe
2: I I Y
1: N. He is like it. a little baby. That's right. Look at him, weeping baby. Hmm. Uh, all right. Never trust a bureaucracy coming up. Oh my my Grammy screed. I will just tell you this. And I say this as a, a musicologist, an amateur uh, student of music since uh, childhood, a, a songwriter, a, a, a an alleged recording artist and and perhaps producer occasionally. You can play of. the trombone. I can. Like like magic. Like it uh Like a ringing bell. The velvety sounds of Joe Getty. <laughs> velvety. Was my Oh, uh, they call him velvety. It's <laughs> my recently released <laughs> trombone album Here's the single.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Slower down. <laughs> It's so fast there we go
1: right yes. velvety sounds better when it's not the isolated track when, <laughs> when everything's
2: involved yeah. well
1: right exactly yeah. it's unfair i couldn't hear the uh, monitors anyway <laughs> <laughs> I-, I will tell you this as you look at the pop music of uh, 10 20 30 years ago there are a lot of common threads um Especially if you narrowed it down to the stuff that was on the Grammys, because the the real out there, the really heavy rock, whatever, it never made it onto the Grammys. Punk music was never heard on the Grammys. It was all fairly uh, narrowly defined. Everything. I mean, like uh, when I was growing up, you'd hear uh, the Jackson Five on the radio, you'd hear Marvin Gaye, um, and you'd hear, uh, you know, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and you'd hear like Zeppelin, you'd hear A Stairway to Heaven, stuff like that. But. It's all fairly. It's you can understand the common threads there. New York Times wrote a big uh, self righteous uh, article yesterday. I sent it to Jack actually about how Pretty interesting. Yeah, about how the Grammys are racist and old and stuck in the past. And they highlighted uh, one song in particular, a giant giant hit single by that what's her name, Marty B. Is that her, her name? The one gal, Cardi B. Cardi B. Yeah. Oh, and I thought, wow, that's an interesting point. I don't know that song. And so I listened to it, and it was was beyond terrible. It was completely unlistenable (laughs) from my musical point of view, my lyrical point of view. It was just idiotic. Just terrible on every level. And I thought, okay... Um, in my opinion, doesn't matter. If you like it, that's good music for you. I encourage you to listen to it. I'm, I'm humble about my likes and dislikes. But in designing a telecast, if you have to pay tribute to something that's that out there compared to the pop music of the last 40 years, it's going to be really jarring to a huge number of people. You combine that with the nonstop whining progressive politics... And we got an email earlier harassing us, saying uh, uh, politics has always been part of music, right? But the whole there's so much of the politics of today that's so whiny and so victimy and so social justice warriory. Stop the war in Vietnam because too many of our guys are dying. That's different. That's just different. Um, so you know, I think the musical part of it has a lot to do with why it's less popular too. There's just so much of it that's jarring to the ear. Of the, uh, of the other, you know, uh, taste part of the bleachers over there. In in the same way that people are listening to old Cardi B, they could not give a flying uh, hairpiece for Elton John. Sure. Please.
2: Yeah, I, maybe that uh, formula worked in the past, but trotting out some of the older acts for the older crowd as it pointed out in the New York Times article, why was U2 weaved in and out of the show for three hours? Right. Why? Right. Who's that for? That's for people that are like 45 and older because they know who U2 is, but they're not
1: relevant right now. No. There's
2: no reason to have them on the Grammys at all. In
1: fact, and, and I say, it pains me to say this because I've loved U2 since I was a teenager and was covering their songs in punk bands. Uh, they are more punchline than musical act at this point. Oh, sure. They surpassed that, like, you know, the Mendoza was a lion like two, three years ago?
2: But if you're going to throw out U two and Sting and Elton John just to try, try to keep your 50 plus audience around with the other stuff, and vice versa, how, how are you going to get anybody to watch that? Yeah, <laughs> it just seems like you're making everybody unhappy, right? Yeah. So, and then, you, and like you said, then you add in the politics. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you ain't got much going on there.
1: Yeah, the the uh, the 30 percent decline in the ratings wasn't a glitch. It wasn't a down year. That was the death rattle. Gather the family around the Grammys telecast. <laughs> wow. Because it's not going to be with us much more. That's graphic. Well. Um, they
2: have a confirmed case of dog flu in Northern California, which I guess is a big deal. Wow. Dog flu? Dog flu. Is uh, is that a different flu, or is the, the human flu now being transferred
1: to dogs? That can't yeah, happen. It's... it's not jumping species, is it? No. When that happens, it's really scary. Which I reminds think. me, speaking yes. of species. We... Interspecies epidemiology is kind of Jack's
2: passion. Go on. We finally got... um. An email from our breeder that our fancy rats have been born.
1: Both of the kids are getting fancy rats. Because you didn't have enough species running around your house. Didn't have enough animals. There was a. Uh, I believe you may have mocked me when Caitlin as a child
2: had I did. fancy rats. I absolutely
1: did. Well, yes, you did. Uh, yeah, I, the wound is still fresh. I've
2: learned something about it since. Speaking of species, mm-hmm. I didn't know this at all. Because I've always thought it was weird when people say they have rats. Rats are vermin. Rats are disgusting. Rats <laughs> right. are, rats have been one of the, the, the deadliest things that have ever happened to human beings. Well, a, a, a pet rat and the kind of rat I'm talking about, um, your disgusting rats, are as different as dogs and wolves mm. in terms of uh, you know being a species or whatever. I didn't know S- that at all. The person selling the rat told you. <laughs> <laughs> and and when I saw them, they, they do look completely different. They're just oh, yeah. a different all thing. all sorts
1: of kinds of them. They're, they're personable. They, the stuff they can learn.
2: Yeah. The stuff that they can learn is absolutely amazing. But anyway, so we made this wager with our older uh, oldest, who is uh, struggling with some, with some grade stuff. And if he got his grades up to a certain level in a couple of different subjects, he could get a rat because he'd mm-hmm. been wanting a rat. So yeah. he got his grades up. He's doing very well now. And so they're both getting a rat. Wow.
1: You know, for hundreds of years, that was a threat. <laughs> I'm going <gonna laughs> to put a rat in your room until you can learn to do math. I'm gonna put a rat next to you. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. But They though. picked
2: out their fancy rats and they're trying to come up with names. And so, yes, we'll be we, we rat people. We do have a couple of cats that are indoors now and then. I'm oh. not sure how that's gonna play out.
1: Mm, do the math. Yeah, uh, both Kate's rats died of rat monia oh really how do you avoid that i don't know exactly maybe well do what i didn't do read up on it before they have it (laughs) yeah so this uh they're prone to respiratory problems. this fancy rat person
2: and uh it has uh papers we have to fill out because they're registered freaking rats Registered rats. Hashtag dying empire. And she had a website, so we could go on the website and see the little rats in their cages and see, look at pr- them and stuff like that. But what kind yeah. of fancy
1: rats are there? Because there are all sorts of them. I don't know.
2: Harry. <laughs> Nobody wanted a, a hairless one. We decided no hairless rats in no. house. I can't even look at one of those. They're disturbing. <laughs> they are disturbing. These are extra hairy. Wow. But uh, yeah, registered papers for the damned fancy uh,
1: rat. Rats. <laughs> What the oh hell? fancy jack. We're going to change your nickname. Matt Zapotosky of the Washington Post about the big uh, national security memo should it come out? What's in it? I think it's coming out. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show.